Welcome back to another episode of the Second in Victory podcast. Austin here. Um, on this episode, we'll be talking about and discussing the uh, Chiefs game on Sunday and uh, the emotional roller coaster that that was. Um, we're also going to dive into the change on offense uh, since the quarterback change and kind of what we've seen and um, the likes and dislikes still about the offense. Um, we're going to talk about the just a couple guys on the Titans that deserve a Pro Bowl um, nod. And so we'll kind of dive into who should be Pro Bowlers for this Titans team. And then finally, our question of the week will be, um, which sports movies are you most looking forward to on Disney Plus? And with that, I will kick it over to my man, Chris. Are you looking for your first home? Well, I can tell you, perfect person for you to talk to. His name is Spencer Montgomery, and he's a realtor and auctioneer with Comus Montgomery Realty and Auction in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He covers the entire Middle Tennessee area, and he's your go-to guy for all your needs when it comes to real estate, commercial, personal property. He's got it covered. Give him a call today at 615-785-7136. Touchdown, Titans! You are now listening to the Second and Victory Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Second and Victory Podcast. Austin Nelson here. Uh, man, we are so freaking excited to uh, to do this. It's been a while. Um, we have all been busy with our lives. Um, Brett is in school. Chris is uh, on daddy duty with his newborn. And then I have gotten married uh, since our last time we've talked. So life has kind of been hectic for everybody. But we're back um, to talk a little Titans. Um, so I am so excited to bring in my guys, Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. What is up, fellas? Let's do on? it, man. It's been so long. It's so good to hear y'all's voice. Uh, what's up, man? How y'all been? Good. Good. Uh, fall season for for fall finally's done. Living living the dad life. How's that going, dude? Are you just like waking up at like three every day? Listen, I don't want to brag, and I know I'm very blessed, but <laughs> this girl can sleep, and that is wonderful. That's all you can ask for. That's awesome. Been very, been very lucky. I know um, I didn't get much sleep this past weekend, um, and that's kind of because, one, it was my birthday weekend, and, and, and uh, I had a few too many uh, alcoholic beverages um, that we don't have to discuss. But I did, guys, wake up in time to watch um, Patrick Mahomes rolling at Nissan Stadium on Sunday, and I was at the game. Brett, I know you were too. Um, dude, I mean, just kind of start from finish. Um, what a game, just an emotional roller coaster. Um, Titans go down with 10 nothing, and you're like, Yeah, you know what? It's one of these days, dude. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get something going. Uh, that second quarter, um, we, we make a drive, and uh, was it Ferkshire scores the first touchdown of the game? Yes, and back yeah, we come back and, and get a scoop and score with Rashawn to make it 13. Before you go any further, I just want to I want to give a shout out to Ferkser because right? that dude catches everything within like a 10-yard radius of him of his body. Boy, uh, Mike Herndon uh, for Mike Merrick. Exactly where I saw it. I was about to give a shout out. You mean back? He was, he was breaking down Ferkser today. And, man, that dude is just – I, I hope that he sticks around for a while because I think he could really be a weapon in this offense. 
Is he? I mean, it's kind of a different Craig Stevens. A little, he did more blocking, but is he like the new Craig Stevens that he just we we love this tight end? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's almost it's almost like a mix of of Craig Stevens and uh, kind of like Bo Scaife. Bo Scaife, exactly. I like yeah. it. That's a good comparison. I like it a lot. But I mean, just so you had the Rashawn scooping score to make it thirteen uh, ten um, because of course uh, Ryan Suckup misses a uh, extra point. <laughs> um, and, and then um, Harrison Butker makes it 13 all. Um, we have a chance to come down the field and um, go up at halftime. Um, that is obviously not the case. Um, so tied at halftime, and then the third quarter comes in, and and just that's when the real game started. That was when the fun started. Um, I don't think anybody could have predicted it would have ended that way um, when when halftime. You know, we when they came back from halftime, but um, I mean, Chris, what did what did you see? And it's I guess specifically in that second half um, that that you knew the Titans could finish this thing off. I saw guys playing complete football for I think the first time this season. We had young guys stepping up across the board. We had the vets playing out of their minds. It was just a complete game that we haven't seen from this team all season, and. You know, when you have guys like David Long Jr. stepping up with eight tackles and a forced fumble that, that completely changed the momentum of the game, if they play like that, we can we can turn this season around and, and do something special. Yeah, I think so too. Um we'll kind of we'll hit on the the rest of the season a little bit, but um it was just nice to see those guys really dig in and, and want that game. Um, the the Chiefs went up nine on that jump pass to from an incredible pass from Mahomes to Miko Hardman, and Miko just kind of takes off uh, down the field because he's just got you know world class speed. Um, and so when you when they go up nine, you're thinking, all right, man, it was fun. The Titans they, they had a chance, but uh, this just isn't it. Uh, they're just we're we're losing to a better football team, and they were like, you know, forget that. Watch this. And they just kind of they they gritted it out. They they took something out of the, the Memphis Grizzlies playbook, Chris, and just gritted it out and, and grinded oh, it out. Great grind. That's it. And so, uh, man, I was a proud proud fan on Sunday. You know, we've we've been on the the losing end of those games a lot, um, but in the last couple of years, if you think about it, man, those those games have kind of went our way, and we'll take any luck we can get. But. Um, Major, major, major shout out to D Hen on Sunday uh, for doing what he does best and just kind of controlling the the momentum, controlling the clock, controlling the ball, and 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 you know the Titans did what they do best and and, and pounded it down their throat. Um, Brett, what did you see in Derek that you like so much on Sunday? I like seeing him getting stride. I think that's that's the big thing with Derek is when you get him, I, I guess probably two three yards in space. That's when he can really get going and. Where I really like to see him, and we've talked about it before, is is just outside the tackles or in between the tackle and the guard because that's where he can create his own space. If if you put him up the middle, he's not quite as good because he's kind of bunched in. But if you get him in space and let him get into stride, that's when we see the 23 carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns. And, and even the second touchdown of the game that he had uh, over the left tackle, it was, and the gap was wide open, obviously, so he could step right in. But – I mean, when you get that guy in open space, you're not going to bring him down without getting without letting him get three yards because he's always going to fall forward. So what I like seeing was him getting in stride, and we saw that too on the 68 or 69-yard touchdown run. 
looking at the stats uh, on the Chiefs side, especially um, with you, when you see Patrick Mahomes done for 446 yards, you probably would have thought the Titans lost by double digits. Um, it is, it, it's still mind blowing to me that how they won that game, the fashion they won it, um, especially how well that Chiefs offense played all day long. He, it was, he played mistake free. Like he did not make a mistake all day long. And that's kind of how their offense is set up, man. They they threw so many dink and dunk passes uh, to Tyreek, to Demi Williams, to Darrell Williams. Uh, Watkins had a few. Um, that's what's unique about their offense because they're so athletic. And uh, to kind of see the Titans, you know, grind it out, like I said, and just kind of, you know, gut their way to a victory was was awesome to see. Uh, they just wanted it more at the very end. And uh, I guess the, the major, major prop Sunday was to to that man, Josh Kalou, um, yeah. for kind of saying he said all week, um, these last few days, just about what he saw um, that the long snapper and the placeholder were doing. Um, and as soon as he turned his head back, that's when the ball snapped. So he just timed it perfectly. Um, so major props to him. And it's just one of the, the better games we'll ever see in Nissan Stadium. Um, you know, d- near the end of the game, and you guys didn't have the chance to see this because uh, I was I was watching from home. Y'all were at the game. They showed Ryan Tannehill um, on the sideline before before that drive where we took the lead. And I, I told my buddy, I was like, you can see it in his face that if he gets a chance, he's going to win this game. Like he just, I mean, that dude exudes confidence. And it was really cool to see him – take the field and then and make the plays that he made to, to get us the lead there. Um, but Austin, I wanted to ask you, because we've talked about it offline a little bit, but you and I have both been pretty outspoken about uh, Arthur Smith this season. So uh, I want to hear your opinion on the game plan that he put in place for that game. That's a really good question because we, we have been kind of vocal about it and, and I have been very unhappy um, with Arthur. I, I think Sunday was by far his best play calling game and I think you you're probably shaking your head now or nodding your head now agreeing with me because I think that was by far for sure his best game um the way he you know we Ryan only had 19 oh. passes I believe um and he completed what 13 of those am I right there um and so he he Ryan didn't have to do much but the plays he called for Ryan were in the perfect moments um and, and you know Derek had 23 carries but they're all really really good plays um, and, and at perfect timing. And, and, and Vrabel spoke about it a lot, too, that we needed more plays on offense. Um, the Chiefs owned the time of possession. And, again, I still – I just don't know how the Titans won that game um, because Kansas City dominated, dominated it. And so um, I was happy with Arthur. Um, you just got to be more consistent with it. Um, in Carolina, I, I think the Titans would have had a better shot to win if, if Derek runs the ball more in that first half and doesn't have two carries. Um, I think we all saw somebody not on the field as much, Chris, Deion Lewis. Yeah, um, which that's the point the I was about to make. Okay, yeah. so he, he was on the on the field for, I believe, was it 13 plays or something like that? He was really there just what just to zero play. touches. Yeah, just to pass block really much if you think about it because he like you said he didn't have any receptions no targets no rushes not anything um I, listen I, I'm sure he's frustrated in his role in this offense uh, he came here to be you know a a scat back um an RB2 and we thought he'd be that but he's just not that at all I don't know what he's lost since New England um but 
I wish nothing but the best to Dion. He's such a good dude. I still think back to his press conference when he got here about some team taking a chance on him, and the Titans did that. John Robinson did that. But you got to think John's thinking, man, you know, this isn't working out. And I'll be really, really upset if he's back next season um, because they are missing out on some really, really good running backs in this draft class and even this free agency class they can go get. But we'll talk about that down the road. Um, but you brought up a good point, um, Chris, that I wanted to kind of segue into about Ryan Tannehill and his poise um, and his confidence that he's exuding right now on this offense. Everybody's buying into Ryan Tannehill right now. The players, the coaches, the fan base, I'm buying into Ryan Tannehill. And I don't know if he is the long-term answer, guys. I think we all say no. He's a bridge quarterback. He's going to be here for another year. Tops two, okay, because the Titans are going to draft somebody. They're going to do something different at quarterback um, for the future of this franchise. Um, we haven't seen John Robinson get his quarterback yet. Um, he had Marcus uh, when he got here. So I'm interested to see what he does. But what are y'all's thoughts since Ryan Tannehill's come in for Marcus Mariota? What's the, the difference in the offense has been? I mean, what are you seeing in, in Ryan that you did not see in Marcus? For me, it's just a, a total – just a vibe on offense. It seems like there's there's life on the field because you, you see Ryan going up and talking to players. You see Ryan getting animated on the field. We've had Marcus here for five years, and I've never seen him once get animated. I mean, he threw – he's thrown game-winning touchdown passes. He's done a lot of great things for the organization. But, after, I mean, his, his rookie year, and it had an 87-yard touchdown run, and – it looked like there was that nothing happened. And I get it. I'm not critiquing that because that's just his, his attitude. But for the guys that are on the field now, it just seems like a total vibe change. And as Chris, you, you mentioned to it a couple weeks ago during the Chargers game, the first game that he started, the quarterbacks and the offense usually came out to some sort of just kind of just chill song and all that. But when Tannehill came out, he switched it to a Drake song, something that the guys can kind of vibe with. And I think the big part of it too is that you see guys talking to each other now on the field that don't necessarily talk to each other as a whole. And I say that because I think the momentum really shifted on Sunday is when Lawan and some of the offensive guys got booed on the field because Lawan had those two bad penalties. And you saw a guy like A.J. Brown, a rookie, go up to one of the highest paid tackles in the league, the highest paid offensive tackle in the history of the organization and get on to him. And I think if Marcus is on the field, I don't, I don't know if that happens because I don't know if those guys feel like they have the confidence to go out there and speak out. But when you see Tannehill – make that throw to Adam Humphreys to win the game, then run through the linebackers on offense to get the two-point conversion and get pumped after that. That's what shows the other guys around the entire offense that, that, hey, this guy's here to ride with me and he's here to stay. I think one of the things I've noticed with, with Ryan versus Marcus is that he seems to be processing his reads a little quicker, and that helps obviously find that open guy. So, you know, I – I, I think our wide receiver numbers are significantly up under Ryan. Um, John is out there making plays. You know, these these guys are, are able to make plays whenever the quarterback can find them open. And I think Ryan's doing a much better job of that. I, I've been happy with Ryan and his play. Um, we knew – I mean, he, he's just a gunslinger, man. He, he's the guy to make your receivers – it's a 50-50 ball. Um, and he's putting he's been putting the ball on the money. Um, a beautiful pass to Khalif Raymond on Sunday. Um, I, I'm not happy with AJ Brown's role in the offense right now. Uh, we know how much of a stud he is, and he's just not 
getting enough touches, um, not enough targets, not enough catches, anything. Um, he didn't get his first target until the fourth quarter uh, with like nine minutes to go um, on Sunday. So Davis not even playing too. Correct. Yeah. And so, but we, listen, it's okay. Um, when we knew the Chiefs had this that bad of a run defense, we knew we had to rely, rely on Derek, especially, you know, he had the hot hand that game. But still, I mean, I would just like to see A.J. get more targets. Um, in your see, run- I'm, I'm not as upset about A.J. not getting targets whenever Ryan's spreading the ball all over the field to different guys. I think his first five completions were to five different receivers. So – I, I I like the game plan of getting different guys involved, especially getting Khalif Raymond involved because that dude is a burner. And if you can get him down the field past the coverage and he can catch it, unlike Taewon Ty- Taylor, um, you know, that's, a, that's an added dimension that we need to exploit on this offense. Sure. Um, I, I've been kind of worried, too, that, you know, Corey won't be back with us. Uh, uh, I've been saying that for a couple weeks now. I think Corey's going and it sucks, man, because we know how special he can be. Uh, he's never really broke out of his shell here, um, and and I don't blame that all on Corey. I'm gonna be honest, no, guys. Not at all. It's a huge quarterback um, cloud over his head, and he he doesn't deserve that. And you know, I guarantee when John Robinson drafted him at five, that he was not expecting this to happen to Corey's career. I hope Corey wants to stick it out, um, and they give him a decent contract. Um, he's not going to get, you know, top 10 money, nothing like that. But he deserves still a, a decent contract in my eyes. But we know the Titans have a lot of guys to pay uh, in these next few few years. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know if you can pay Corey the $13 million that the fifth-year option would bring. I don't either. I don't. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a lot for him uh, based on his production. But I think you have to pick up a Dory's fifth-year option. because I agree with that as well. And I do think, too, Chris, I think we're in the market for a wide receiver in the draft. Um, I don't know if y'all have, have y'all looked at the draft class uh, for wide receivers, but it's about 20, 25 guys deep. I, I saw uh, Daniel Jeremiah say he's been covering the, the NFL draft for, I think he said, 21 years now, and this is the best wide receiver class he's ever seen. It's incredible. If Just one day, if you want to go look at it, it, it it's so deep, and the Titans could go get a guy in the fourth round who probably – had over 3,000 yards in college. It's, just, it's that deep with receivers. Um, so this is a year, you know, I hope John Robinson can 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 ignore the fact he took Taewon Taylor in the third round and kind of go get a guy that could be Taewon Taylor. Um, you know. we, were, we were texting a little bit today, and I shared how Matt Miller um, in his mock draft today had the Titans drafting C.D. Lamb uh-huh. out of Oklahoma. And I would love C.D. Lamb on this team because I think he's fantastic, but – to go with another first round wide receiver after taking Corey and then AJ in the second. I don't know that you can make that investment when you have some some other holes on this on this team. I agree. I'm a big NFL draft guy. I love the draft. <laughs> I'm a huge it's, it's honestly my favorite time of the year. It's so much fun to talk about it because you're I mean you're always looking because there's so many guys. We love college football as well. And there's so many guys you watch on Saturdays that you want on your team on Sundays. Um and so the Titans will be looking for a quarterback. They're going to be looking for an edge rusher, a wide receiver. There's so many different spots um, that maybe we're not even thinking of that that John Robinson is. And so even the interior line, um, maybe a new tackle. Who knows what they're thinking about? Um, I don't know where they go in the first round this year. I don't know where they go in the second round. It's just it, this this it's going to be very interesting to see what they do 
with re-signing the guys they have already and getting new guys in free agency. Um, so that's a whole different topic. We can wait until after the year because Brett's right. You said it earlier, man. There's so much optimism now with these next six games and who the Titans have left because it's right there in front of them, guys. They play four division opponents in the next six games. It is right there. If they can finally – I'll forgive them for the first ten. If they can, if they can win – Five of the six, four of the six, and get some help and find a way to win the division. And I'm talking out of my ass right now because I don't <laughs> see this happening. But you never know. Maybe they, they are turning the page with Ryan. Maybe they, they will find a way to finally get it together and go from that good to great mantra that they wanted to do all year. Um, I'm excited for the next six now. This, this last game brought me back in a little bit because they get their they get the rest now. They get healthy with Jarrell. They get healthy with Jayon. Corey's going to be healthy. Delaney. Um, Delaney. It gives. It gives. I guess Ryan suck up another week. Um, I still don't think he's a hundred percent. I mean, I that's another either. position too, guys. Do the Titans keep Ryan suck up? Do they go? I mean, we haven't had a kicker problem in so long. I know we had the kickups, and it's it, it's <laughs> it, we, we, we can't. Uh, I'm, I just I think Cody Parkey's on speed dial. I saw you text that the other day. Yeah. I think I think they at least have to bring in three or four kickers uh, during the bye just to see what else is out there. I, and it sucks because man, we've been so fortunate with Ryan Suckup. Um, we got him at the perfect time, um, and he's been great for us, dude. He's won us some big games, and he's he's made some huge kicks for us. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I don't know if he's still hurt or he is just you know it's in his, it's a mental thing because that's a huge part of kicking. Uh, the mental aspect of it. So I hope he can get that fixed, and and I hope he can just come out and play perfect football these next six weeks and find a way to um, beat the Jags, um, beat the Colts in in Indy. Um, you're going to play a good Raiders team now. You're going to have the Texans twice and the Saints and then the Texans again. That's not an easy schedule. So we're going to find out how good this Titans team wants to be. Um, these next six weeks, and I'm really, really excited about it because um, it's going to make the break, make or break the season. Um, I can say this, though, and I think y'all agree, if they lose to Jacksonville, go ahead and, and, and chalk the season up. There's no way of coming back from that. you got to um, be Jacksonville out of the bye. You have to. 100%. And I think, I think that's a, a, a very, very winnable game. Um, it'll only be Nick Foles' second game back as well. With me, yeah, with Minshew or even with Foles, I still think it's a winnable game. Um, the way um, the confidence we have right now, but with that though, I, I know there's some guys playing really well. Um, and again, if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, make sure you do that at Second and Victory. Um, we put something out um, just to kind of get some of the guys who are playing really well on this team right now, um, who deserve Pro Bowl. Um, recognition, recognition, and uh, the uh, Pro Bowl voting uh, came out today. And so I went through PFF and found some positives um, with these Titans, and I'll kind of go through them. And, and, and these are who I think um, deserve the Pro Bowl uh, nods. And so John Brown um, is the 12th best linebacker, according to PFF, this year. Um, Daquan Jones is having a really, really good year. He's the ninth. Best D lineman. Jarrell is still being consistent and solid. He's the 17th best D lineman. That man, Kevin Byard, is the third best safety in run defense in the eighth overall best safety this season. And then, of course, the Colonel, Brett Kern, being the number one punter 
um, according to PFF this season, which is no surprise. And my last two uh, that I found that were that were really interesting, um, Rashawn Evans. Um, I told you guys before the season that I thought he would make the biggest jump this season, and he's definitely proving that. Um, he's tied sixth in the NFL for tackles, up there with Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, um, those guys. He's got 82 tackles on the year. He's only 20 behind Blake Martinez at 102. Uh, and then Logan Ryan. Uh, we know how solid and consistent he is. Uh, he leads the NFL in tackles uh, amongst cornerbacks with 74 and sacks. Um, so he's having a big year as well. So I'll be really surprised if Logan Ryan doesn't make the Pro Bowl. But out of all those names, and I'm, I may be missing a guy, who do you guys think should make the Pro Bowl um, for the Titans? I think uh, Kern, obviously. Uh, but from a from a defensive standpoint, I think Logan Ryan's our MVP so far this season on defense. Um, and I definitely think he deserves a, a chance at the Pro Bowl. I also think I agree with you on Rashawn Evans. Uh, he's kind of the unsung hero of this defense so far. He's he's kind of a do-it-all guy right there in the middle. And, I mean, that, that play again last week, that changed the whole momentum of the game, and he put on the burners for that. Dude, I had no idea he could run fa- that fast. And Jayon Brown said the same thing on the radio with uh, 104.5. I, dude had lightning uh, running down that field. So I, I think those two are the big ones, Logan Ryan and Rashawn Evans. I think – I still think you got to go with KB for sure. And I know you guys are big big MTSU guys as well, so, so shout-out to the Blue Raiders, obviously. But I think you definitely got to go with KB because he always has good seasons every single year. He's a ball hawk every single year, and he's gotten better on red defense, like you said. I'm right there with you on Rashawn Evans, too. Rashawn Evans, I, I don't know if Rashawn will get in, but I think there's a good chance. And then Logan Ryan, too, because I think he's one of the best blitzing cornerbacks, especially on the delayed blitzing cornerbacks as well. Always always finds a way through the gap. And then I, I think the most for sure one on the team has got to be Brett Kern because he's having one of the best seasons he's had for and maybe his whole career. I agree. And there's still like, you know, there's six games left. So, you know, these stats could improve and, and whatnot. Other guys, knock on wood, could get injured and and, and, and whatever else. Um, there's going to be some guys who are playing in the Super Bowl um, who won't want to go to the Pro Bowl. So who knows if uh, some of these guys are alternates then. Um, but uh, when you do go vote, definitely go vote Titans fans for these guys. Uh, they definitely deserve it. And uh, when you go vote, I, you can like um, arrange it by tackles. Um, interceptions, force fumbles, things like that. So I was just kind of going through it, and I hit tackles for the uh, linebackers and saw Rashawn at, like, number six. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, the Titans' Rashawn Evans? He's got that many tackles this year? Hey, you remember um, they brought uh, – Lance Smith brought up that stat during the game. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That, I was, so, uh, that's, that's what caught me off guard. And, uh, by the way, I think – I don't know if this guy will get in, but he's he's having quietly a very solid season. I think you could see a Dory Jackson as a possible alternate for the Pro Bowl. I could definitely see him as an alternate for sure. I would love that. Absolutely. For sure. Um, all right. So, I, I mean, I, the, the biggest news around the country right now is this whole Disney Plus um, emerging. Uh, you can stream it now and watch all your favorite Disney movies. Um, I know. Sounded like an ad for Disney Plus. Just they should pay me then. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm a huge Disney guy. I, I think you guys are too. Um, have y'all got Disney Plus yet? Uh, at 6 a.m. yesterday, pretty much as soon as it came out. That's sick. Awesome. Um, I know baby baby Brett 
didn't watch a whole lot of these uh, <laughs> Disney Channel movies, but uh, he definitely knows, uh, you know, plenty of them. Um, so our question of the week this week is, what is your favorite uh, Disney Channel movie? Like, what are you most excited to see sports-wise from these Disney Channel movies? It was Chris's question, so we'll let you start, man. This is uh, a classic. Not so High School Musical. Uh, no, it's not High School Musical. Um, I think you're going to agree with this one, Austin. Um, the movie that I am most looking forward to seeing from a sports standpoint and that I've already started watching and I'm halfway through is Brink. Ooh, Brink, is, great Brink is one of my favorite decom movies, probably just behind Smart House. Um, but oh, man, Brink, Brink is such a good movie. Uh, Eric Von Detten as the lead in that. He's did such an awesome job. Love that movie for sure. That's mine. Let's skate. That's such a good one. Brett, what you got? And I'm I'm kind of kind of looking over a list because I don't have Disney Plus yet. I, I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but they got so many good movies because you got movies like The Sandlot and Rookie of the Year and Kazam, which I think is low key underrated. So because Shaq was good in that movie, but out of all the ones I'm kind of looking on here, I don't want to go basic and just say like remember the Titans or anything like that. So I would I would probably pick two of the ones that I'm looking at, and one would maybe be Motocrossed. Oh. So good. I loved Motocross. And then I always I loved the Johnny Tsunami series as well. When he went from surfing and to, to uh snowboarding and then back to surfing and all that. So I'd probably go Motocross and Johnny Tsunami. All right. So I I would definitely go Brink, but um Chris got that one. So that, that's definitely up there for me. Man, I loved all these growing up, like even like Xenon and Motocross. <laughs> um, like all those were so like they were just good movies as a kid. Um, all right, but I will go. This is a man. Oh, this is so tough because I loved. Um, if you guys remember this one, uh, Full Court Miracle. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Jewish kids and they were playing basketball. Basketball wise, I had predicted that you would say Look of the Irish. Okay, that's where I was going. I was going to say that. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's that's definitely my choice. Look of the Irish is definitely my choice. Um, but Full Court Miracle was such a good movie. I'm looking at these now. Do you guys remember Double Teamed? Um, Double team. Is is Full Court the one where the, the like the power goes out at the end, like while they're playing the, the yeah, game? Yeah, that's yep. Yes, correct. And uh, their their coach is trying out for the Sixers, and and uh, yeah. lucky the Irish. Yeah, is no doubt. Chris knows me. Y'all ever well. see? Uh, Y'all ever see Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff? Hundred percent facts. Yeah, that's Thank a great you. one. Um, Fan of the Megaplex, Mom's Got a Date with the Vampire. Uh, Chris named a great one. Smart House is a all-time classic. Sure. You know, looking over the list, me and Brandy spent like 30 minutes just looking over all the movies uh, on there last night. One movie that's missing that I'm not sure why it's not on there, My Date with the President's Daughter. Do y'all remember that one? Really? Yeah. That's not on there? It's not on there, man. I love Whoa. that movie. That's a really good one. Up, up, and away is a good one. The superheroes. Sky high. You remember Sky, sky high? high. Oh, dude, is, is that on there? Yeah, it is. Oh, sky highs. It was. It, dude, that was so before its time. How? See, like, where were y'all when these came out? Like, where, where in school were you guys when these came out? Oh, I'm looking at this Wikipedia list right now, and so, like, really, when I started watching these was 2000. I see. Um, Smart House came out in 99. Johnny Tsunami came out in 99. Xenon came out in 91. 
Brink came out in 98. Yeah. I was, I was I was five when all these came out. But See, I was I was early middle school. The thing is, with like no, bro, these damn, I bet that made you just feel old, Chris. Sorry about that. that. Did. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the thing though with like these and Chris, I know you remember that, like when you watch Disney Channel, like these just came out in 98, 99. They still played these like they were brand new, like in 02, 03. They would not oh, yeah, play sure. So that's how I kind of remember these so much because they would, I mean, almost every, I forget what night they came on, but it was like they would, if you watch Disney Channel religiously like I did, it was always um, Wednesday night, we're watching Brink, and then Thursday night, make sure you're watching here for the 13th year and just things like that. So I was always coming home watching Disney Channel movies. I always had like dancing through the music notes in the intro. Great. I think you'll validate this one, me, Austin. Like, I really think like the decom movies, you know, because they teased them uh, with like commercials and stuff for weeks before they premiered, and it was like the night that it would premiere, you made sure that you had nothing else going on, and you were there to watch the premiere that night of it. Absolutely. And 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 you know, it kind of evolved. I think our generation, like at that age, we we focused on that, and then we like grew up to do that with movies, like for midnight premieres on Thursday nights and stuff, you know? So I think that really helps set the tone for like how we consume media. You know what I mean? I really do agree. Um, I I mean, you can remember this. Do you remember how big high school musical was? was I mean, that was like the biggest movie in the world at the time it came out. Um, I remember like they had a live, um, Looking at like the red carpet when when it was like um, the premiere um, with with Zac Efron and all those people um, the night it came out and then you finally like you, you sat down and watched High School Musical and the entire country was watching that and so even from the second one to the third one and, and so on and so forth um, Disney has kind of really outdid themselves to getting this Disney Plus deal um and 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 bringing back so many memories to people who love these movies so much so i'm ecstatic to kind of take these next few months and watch all these um i'm looking at it now like gotta kick it up even like the, the cheerleading movie like there's so many good ones cadet kelly jump in on there halloween town was fire and jump in's on there as well jump in was always good too yeah all three halloween town movies are on there there's a fourth halloween town that one was past my time. I don't care anything about that. Yeah, I, but the original three are all on there. I kind of stopped watching these after like Camp Rock. I, I never uh, gave a crap about Camp Rock in those. My last, so. my last one that I pretty much that I watched from a Disney Channel original was probably Minutemen. Yeah, that was a good one too. The Time Travelers. Yep. But uh, hey, again though, guys, follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Shoot us your favorite Disney uh, original movie. We love to hear it. Um, it's been a great episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter again, like I said, at Second of Victory. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify. Uh, rate us five stars and give us a, a good or bad review, depending on how well we do um, each episode. But we appreciate the support. And uh, as always, tighten up. Tighten up. up.